If you've been with us through this series, then you know we've made a couple of declarations already. The first being, as EPAG, we have set our focus on inspiring people to follow Jesus. We will inspire people to follow Jesus. We want people who haven't made the decision to follow Jesus to make a decision to follow Jesus, to give Him their lives. And we want people who have made a decision to follow Jesus to continue to do so. I don't want you to just experience salvation and that be it. I don't want you to just experience a moment in in prayer, a moment of repentance and that be it. I want it to be that that's the beginning of a lifelong relationship with Jesus, that you grow to learn more and more and more what it means to really follow Jesus and what it means to be immersed in Him. And for those who haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, we said last week we will create on-ramps for people to explore Jesus and faith in Christianity. Because we understand in our world today that there are many different starting points for many different people when it comes to exploring faith or Jesus or Christianity. We'll have the right perspective. It's important for us to remember this, that we must welcome those who are wrestling through questions and doubts or maybe even wounds at the hand of church people or people in the name of Jesus or maybe even skepticism towards Christ and the Word. We want to be a people who welcome those. We would never want to do anything to repel people away from Jesus. We want to be committed to the truth, not compromising in truth, but at the same time welcoming and loving and expecting the Holy Spirit to be at work in each and every life. Nothing matters more in this life or for eternity than following Jesus and inspiring other people to follow Jesus. That's why when we began to develop language we felt was important for our church, we landed on this word, follow, that life is built on daily relationship with Jesus. Life is built on daily relationship with Jesus. We commit to developing lifelong followers of Jesus. At EPAC, we provide opportunities for growth at every stage on the journey. We don't want just people to just know about Jesus... We want people to learn so much and to know his heart so much that they make a decision to follow Jesus and they live a lifetime of relationship with him. I was listening to a podcast episode this week from a well-known minister named Francis Chan, a friend of ours here in the EPAG community, sent it to me. And I was listening to part of that this week and he said that they were in a moment together And he stepped up and just felt led to share that it would be so easy for the people in that moment to just rush past lingering with the Lord and spending time with Jesus, or as we would call it in John 15, abiding in Him. He said it'd be so easy for us to talk about all these other things, that we've got to be careful not to think that it's so simple or elementary or that we need to progress on to bigger or better things, that we don't need to lose the understanding of how important it is to dwell with Jesus. And I think that's a good reminder for us. I I can't speak for every pastor, every preacher, but I can tell you there's something in the nature of preaching and and the nature of of public speaking, basically, in that sense, that you, you recognize people seem to always expect something new, something profound, some explanation that they've never heard before. I mean, think about it. The Bible's been around for a little bit, much longer than I have. And so you probably have heard some of the things that will be shared. 
But there are moments that the Holy Spirit can take it and add to your perspective. That He can speak to you in a deeper way. And we never need to get so advanced in the world that we forget the simplicity of being with Jesus. Life is built on daily relationship with Jesus. Everything else in our lives will flow from this place, this spot of dwelling with Jesus. When we talk about following Jesus, I would pray that we would have a renewed sense of the fear or the awe of the Lord. The fear or awe of the Lord. Isaiah had an experience like this. In Isaiah chapter 6, this is what was written, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Notice Isaiah's response. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty." There's something about being in the presence of God. When we realize the magnificent, when we recognize the almighty God, and when we recognize how perfect and how holy and how righteous and how just and how awesome He is, and in the midst of realizing how great He is, recognizing how great we're not... That we would recognize, like Romans 3.23, that we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. That we could never measure up to God's glorious standard. That He is so holy and so separated from the stain of sin in this world. And we are not, but we have failed and fallen short so many times. That we would recognize the, the reality of our spiritual poverty without God. And His glorious riches and His glorious benefits and His glorious blessings that he wants to give in our lives even though we don't deserve it. That when we recognize him as holy, we would be humbled in recognizing our own sinfulness. I think we've lost something about the fear of God in our world today. People have written about it. People have talked about it. But I think we have lost something to do with the fear of the Lord where, where I know that, that people in, in my background growing up probably carried things a little too far. I mean, my mom couldn't be in the marching band because somehow the devil was involved in that. Um, you know, my my uh, family, you know, no movies, no cutting hair, no doing all of these things. I mean, I could go down the line of a list of things that in the past, but I think there was a reason behind it bigger than what we gave credit for. I think there were people that said, the last thing I want to do is do something that fails my God. The last thing I want to do is to live in any way that would separate me from God. 
And I recognize that maybe, maybe there was an error at times too far on the legalistic or the work side. And I recognize grace of the grace of God is so sufficient and so more than enough for our lives. But I don't want us to get to the point where we see grace in error as well. And, and our tendency as humanity to swing the pendulum too far. That we get to this place where we treat grace as if it's just a license or an excuse to do whatever we want to do. But rather we would say in view view of God's grace, in view of God's mercy, I will then offer myself back unto God as a service unto Him because He's offered to me what I didn't deserve and much better than I did deserve. And that we would have a reverence for God. Because I'm convinced that if we have the proper fear of the Lord, we'll then have a love for Jesus and we'll experience the love of Jesus Himself. It would, it would be my desire that people would recognize the greatness of God And in understanding His greatness and His holiness and how awesome He truly is and how without the stain of sin He really is, we would be amazed and humbled and grateful that He would even love us. If you were like me, you grew up and you may remember the vintage photos attempting to depict Jesus. Anybody have this in their house? Anybody have it in your house when you're growing up? Maybe I should say that. If you have it in your house now, there's no criticism here today. You may also be familiar with pictures that were depicting the crucifixion of Jesus. Very clean, very white and pure. But honestly, these pictures do not convey an accurate representation of Jesus. There's a lot of things wrong with our attempts to depict Jesus. Number one, he wasn't white. I, I just... I want to go ahead and get that out of the way. He wasn't white. Number two, the scene of the cross wasn't pretty. I'm going to warn you, the image I'm about to show you may be disturbing to some people, especially children. I've had people that have questioned my audacity to show some of these things, but I want you to see this scene, as many of you probably have, from the Passion of the Christ related to the crucifixion of Jesus. It's probably a little closer to the reality. It wasn't pretty. It was ugly. It was gaudy. It was bloody. When we as a rebellious humanity made the decision to disobey God, whether that's Adam in the garden originally, or whether that's in our own life and our own issues, God could have been so frustrated with us like He was in the days of Noah when He said, you know what, I'd just like to wipe this whole thing out and start over. But yet, God in His perfection and holiness... Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that He has great love for us and that He who is rich in mercy did the only thing that could be done to make it possible for us to be forgiven and to have relationship with Himself. Jesus was sent by God the Father. And yes, His enemies wanted to take Him out. Yes, the Pharisees and others were very much against Jesus from the get-go. But Jesus, if He wanted to, could have called angels to release Him off the cross. Jesus, if he'd wanted to, could have had the power to stop it all. When they came to arrest him, his very words knocked some of them down. So Jesus could have changed it all, but the songwriter said years ago, he knew me, yet he loved me. He whose glory makes the heavens shine. I'm so unworthy of such mercy, yet when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. The love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Ephesians chapter 3 says this, Paul said, this is my desire for you. 
I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul's prayer was that you would somehow, and I would somehow, and all of the people at Ephesus and beyond, that we would experience and understand the true love of God. To understand His perfection and our sinfulness, and to understand His giving and Jesus' sacrifice and our undeserving life. And it's in that love that God has for us that He gave His Son, Jesus. It's also in that love that God has for us that He gives the call or the invitation to us. It's not just to recognize the love of Jesus. And it's not just to have the possibility of relationship with God. But it's now that we walk in that relationship. A deep relationship with God. Not surface level. One of my, one of my favorite songs right now, uh, I, I listen to, to different Christian music. And one of my favorite songs came out of one of our Assemblies of God colleges and universities. And it says, I don't want a surface level relationship. I want to go deeper. I hear you calling God to take us deeper. Deeper in you. Deeper in your truth. Deeper in the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't want to sound uh, old-fashioned, although I probably come a little bit from those roots to some degree, but now's not the time for lukewarm Christianity or cultural Christianity or one-foot-in-one-foot-out Christianity. Now's not the time to only call on Jesus in the moment of when you think there's a need. Now's not the time to just play a religion. Now, Now is the time to say, God, I want to go deeper. I want to get past just the surface. I I don't want to just have a few tingly goosebumps. I want to know what transformation is like in my life. I want to know when you're working in my heart and in my mind and through my words and my attitudes and my actions and my everyday life. I don't want just a Jesus that I come and lift my hands to on a Sunday morning. I want the Jesus who speaks to me and guides me and walks with me and is with me every step of the journey. I don't want just a Jesus that's one segment of a life. I want Jesus who consumes everything that I am, everything that I am, to go deeper, a relationship. Now, a lot of people know about the name of Jesus, and a lot of people even can embrace some of the ideas of Christianity, whether they realize it or not. Have you ever noticed that some of the things that get touted in our world have roots back to what Jesus himself taught? A lot of it. The influence of Christianity is hard to fully define because it's been so great. The influence of Jesus has been so wonderful. Some people even in our world, they may know the ideas of Christianity. They may even claim a form of religion. They give to charities and they pray in crisis. They may even be a member of a local church community. But to know Jesus is different. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, When I consider your heavens... And the work of your fingers, and the moon and the stars which you set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? 
What are human beings that you care for them? This little speck of dust in the grand scheme of eternity. And with his finger, he set all the things in place the way they are. He's got everything rotating even as we speak in perfect order. That just a variation of a degree or two would totally change the ability to even have life on this planet. And yet, God cared for us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus. Jesus cared so much that He gave Himself willingly to die on the cross. And today, God wants relationship with us. What is it? What is mankind that you are mindful of them? By His love, we know His heart for us and we desire to follow Him. He loved us before we ever loved Him, before we ever called on His name. So when we follow Him, we come to know Him more. And when we come to know Him more, we want to follow Him more intentionally and more continually because we recognize just how wonderful life with Jesus is. Now I would suggest today that there there are a few different components when it comes to truly following Jesus. And, and I know this is probably not uh, the best exhaustive way to describe it, but there, there are a few things I feel like I, I just need to draw out to us today. Number one, I want to make sure that we understand that there's possibility for intimacy with Jesus. Now, we've taken the word intimacy in our culture and we've made it only to be about a physical act between a man and a woman. That's not the case. Intimacy is nearness. It's about, it's about proximity and, and relationship and knowing one another. As you're married, longer and longer, unless you totally isolate and live in two different ends of the house, you begin to recognize through the years what that other person is thinking. You begin to recognize the looks on their face. You begin to recognize that if they're taking their tongue and following their teeth with it, that they're agitated. Don't laugh, Amber. You begin to notice a few things. The longer we walk with Jesus and the more intentionally we walk with Jesus, the more intimate with Jesus we're able to become. And we get to this place, John John chapter 10 verse 27 captures Jesus saying, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. To be so close with Jesus that we recognize the nudge and the whisper Jesus doesn't have to shout to get our attention. Jesus doesn't have to send some cataclysmic event to get our attention. Those things aren't necessary because we're walking so closely with Jesus that just a simple nudge and we recognize the shepherd is speaking. To know his heart, to know his desires. That's another thing in that song I mentioned a moment ago that I've been listening to recently. In the bridge of the song it says, show me your heart even if it messes me up. What is it, God, that catches your attention? What is it, God, that's breaking your heart right now? What is it in me that doesn't align with what you desire? And what's going on in the world, Lord, that should be gripping my attention for lost people? God, I want your desires. I want your heart. And ultimately, I want to be conformed and transformed into your image and your likeness. And the only way for that to happen is for me to walk closely with you, Jesus. I love the passage of John 15, and I don't have time to to share everything I'd love to share out of there, but the overarching principle is the understanding of abiding, of remaining, of dwelling in Jesus. 
And it's every day of our lives. It's certain concentrated times where we're reading the Word and praying and just spending time in His presence and worship to Him. All of those are true, but it's ongoing. It's lifelong. I, I don't even think I can accurately or well articulate what my heart would say to you today about the beauty of walking in relationship with Jesus. And then there's the part of not only intimacy with Jesus, but being a true disciple of Jesus. And if you know anything about the word disciple, you know that the word disciple literally means student or learner. It's one who is attempting to glean wisdom and learning from others. Have you ever heard the word, or maybe you've been one yourself, an apprentice? The idea of being an apprentice is that there's a person who comes alongside someone else, and that first person is learning a trade, and the other person they're coming alongside of is the skilled employer in most cases. And oftentimes this person is a beginner, maybe even starting at a much lower wage, And they're understanding that the benefit for their life is they're getting opportunity to be with the expert in their trade and to learn from that person in their craft. And it's more than just the wage they're being paid. They're learning everything they're going to need to know or at least a lot of what they're going to need to know going forward in their trade. And they're learning it from someone who has a reputation and an understanding and who has done well in their trade. And I think of the idea of an apprentice in many ways with Jesus. It's that we're coming along with Jesus and we're learning from Him. We want to know what He does. We want to know what He thinks. We want to know His heart. In Mark chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus is calling some of His first disciples and He appointed 12. And we think often about what Jesus sends them to do eventually. He does send them out. He does give them authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. He does all of those things. But notice in Mark 3.14, he appointed 12 first that they might be with him. Even in the ministry. I've I've had these conversations with friends. I've made sure that that those that are younger in coming into serving in ministry, vocational ministry roles, I've said to them, listen, you can do a lot of things for God, but don't you ever forget that the best way to do life is to be with Him and let everything you do flow out of that. It's true for all of our lives. It doesn't matter if you're in vocational ministry. I just get the opportunity to serve in that capacity. But the reality is when Jesus calls us to himself, he's not just calling us to himself so that he can do something through us. He wants to do a lot in us. He wants us to be with him. Because when we're with him, Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, we will learn from him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Too many people trying to do their own things. Too many people trying to be good enough. Too many people trying to carry the bondage of their own saving themselves. And that's just not going to happen. Jesus said, if you're tired of all this religious nonsense where they're creating all of these extra things that you've got to try to follow to live up to the law. Hey, by the way, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to accomplish that. What it's proven is that you're actually sinful. Why don't you come and yoke up with me? Why don't you come and let me put my arm around you and let's do this together. And here's what I've found about Jesus. When it comes to doing the work for God, he carries the heavy load. 
Jesus always does the heavy lifting. My role is to be with him and to follow whatever he's doing. And if I will be with him and learn from him, I will grow to be more like him and in turn be more fruitful in my life. Jesus modeled this with his 12 disciples. He taught them verbally. He modeled to them ministry in front of them. And then he sent them out to do as the same. This was true in teaching and preaching. This was true in the healing of needs. This was true in, in deliverance of people. This was true in the sacrifice and servants, service and obedience to the will of God the Father. Jesus modeled all of that. Jesus modeled what it meant to truly live this life He's calling us to. So our job, our role, is to simply be with Him and learn from Him and follow the greatest model we could ever have. Being a disciple of Jesus means not only being an apprentice, but I I can't share this message today without saying that being a true disciple of Jesus means being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. I've said before, I'll just say it again quickly, I've grown to dislike, in some cases, the term Christian. Not because I don't understand what a Christian is, not because I don't understand what should be implied with that term, but because that term has been taken and distorted, and there are many people calling themselves a Christian just because they fill in what other requirement they think they should fill in. Even down to being an American citizen. People have associated, well, just America is a Christian nation. I'm a Christian because I'm an American. That couldn't be further from the truth. Being an American citizen or a citizen of any other country doesn't equate to Christian. It doesn't equate to being a Jesus follower. A fully devoted follower of Jesus. Jesus makes some strong words in his earthly ministry. In Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27, Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my student, my learner, whoever wants to follow me, must deny themselves, take up their cross. I love that Luke writes the word daily here. We don't see that in every other account. Deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life from me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self, their very soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. So, As simply as I know how to put it, when we welcome Jesus as Savior, we must also welcome Him as the Lord of our lives. He is now the leader of our lives, and you cannot separate the two. Well, yeah, I'd love to have the Savior part. Forgive me of my my sins, assure me of eternity in heaven, keep me out of hell. All those things sound great. But then comes the part that I think is more challenging for most people, and that is now that He's the Lord of our lives. That He leads and we follow and we don't get it backwards. That He leads and we follow. Our commitment to follow Jesus is a no matter what commitment. You guys are getting quiet on me this morning. Our commitment to follow Jesus is a no matter what commitment. Jesus said we are to deny ourselves. That means I'm willing to inconvenience myself or to sacrifice my way in order to follow Jesus. 
I am to take up my cross daily, to bear the cost, to bear the potential of cost of following Jesus, and to do so in a faithful way. You can't talk about following Jesus daily without talking about faithfulness and consistency and making a point to follow him. Jesus went on to explain in Luke chapter 9 that you can gain the whole world. You can gain a life defined by the world and the popularity or agreement with the world or you can follow Jesus, but you can't do both. And it's better for you and I to lose reputation with the world than it is to lose connection with Jesus. It's better for us to be criticized for a while here or maybe even suffering to the point for following Jesus than it is to lose our soul and be separated from God for eternity. You can chew on this, but I'm going to pose this thought to you. I wonder sometimes... Have we described a life of salvation and following Jesus in terms that present it as being easier than it really is? Have we made it too easy to follow Jesus? Just say this prayer and you're saved. But if we don't disciple from there, we've missed the point of what Jesus told us to do. Jesus is looking for our lives. He's looking for our commitment. He's looking for our relationship with Him. And that relationship with Him is what's going to continue to cultivate our heart to face no matter what we have to face, fire or flood, hell or high water, whatever the case, that our relationship with Him leads to a determination in our heart. I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what because there is no love like Him, no sacrifice like Him, and no promises from Him that, that are like any from anywhere else. Which leads me to the reality that I want you to understand. That if you are answering this call to follow Jesus, then you're going to experience the sufficiency of Jesus. For those who have a close relationship with Jesus and learn from Him and truly follow Him, each one that does will find that following Jesus provides more than enough for all we need. Our lives are not absent of troubles. We live in a sinful, fallen world And we experience some of the same challenges as anyone else. To paint a picture to you today that tells you that when you come to Jesus, after that everything is hunky-dory and perfect would be inaccurate. Jesus promised us that we would face tribulation in John 16, 33. The difference is when you're walking in relationship with Jesus, you can be in the midst of all the troubles and you can still experience the sufficiency of being close with Jesus. The sufficiency of His peace and His joy and His strength and His power. You can live in a way that is not envious of the wicked world around you that when you say, well, they seem healthy and they seem rich and they seem that and they seem the other, but instead you'll recognize the words of the Apostle Paul that we're not living for this moment, we're living for what's coming. In 2 Corinthians 417 our present troubles are small they're insignificant and they won't last very long but they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever put it in simpler terms and I think another translation reads this way these are light and momentary afflictions PC it's hard He said, it's tough. Pastor Chris, I'm facing some tough stuff. They're light and momentary afflictions. They feel real and heavy, 
But in the grand scheme of what we're living for, they cannot compare to a glory that is so weighty and so eternal, it will last forever. Nothing in this life that we can face can compare to what we will experience for eternity. So my dream, our dream as a church, is that we will do everything we can to inspire people to follow this Jesus and to keep following this Jesus. I think one of the things that the church is going to be tasked with the responsibility of right now is to encourage people to keep following Jesus. Because the world's getting harder. The world is more broken day by day, or at least it appears more broken day by day. There's more voices calling for your attention. The sinfulness is on the rise, it feels like sometimes, even though it's always been the problem with the heart of man. But I think perseverance, stick-to-itiveness, steadfastness, don't be moved, don't be shaken, don't be stirred in fear. And at this point, it's going to be about inspiring new people to follow Jesus, but it's also going to be about inspiring you to keep following Jesus. Don't give up on the race. Don't give up on the marathon. Keep running. Finish the race. Fight the good fight of faith. There is a reward on the other side of this life. And that's what we have to keep focus on, not on the momentary light afflictions here. That's why we seek to give you daily or weekly or monthly opportunities, nuggets that you can chew on, anything that's going to help you follow Jesus in your life, whether it's through audio content or articles or Bible engagement reading together. We want these services and these moments together to be opportunities for renewal. Nights of prayer, nights of worship that you need to find yourself in the presence of the Lord in that way. And encouragement and motivation, I said it a moment ago, we're told in Scripture to spur one another on. And there's some overlap here. We do that when we're in groups and community with each other. Following Jesus. Life, true life, is built on daily relationship with Jesus. We commit to developing lifelong followers of Jesus, providing opportunities for growth at every stage on the journey. If you hear nothing else, hear this. When it's all said and done, and life is over, following Jesus will be what mattered the most. Everything else in this life, everything else in this local church, everything that God wants to do through us, all of these things, it all starts with being in that place of being a follower of Jesus. Everything else flows from that. When it's all said and done and life is over, I don't, I don't know what's ahead. I, I don't dare try to put dates or times on things. I think there are some scriptural encouragements. I think there are some signs that we can recognize that may be either happening in the world or that we will see happen in the world. I think there's an awareness we're told to be alert and sober-minded. There is an awareness that there's an end to this life. That this world in its current state will not exist forever. There is an awareness that there is an eternity coming, whether it's in a rapture of the church, whether it's through the tribulation. I'm not here to even debate with you end times prophecy, although I have my own strong opinions on it scripturally. But I am here to tell you that whatever looks like going forward, whatever the future holds, when it's all said and done, and it all wraps up, and it's all over, it won't matter what you did in this life in the grand scheme of how the world defines it. The only thing that will matter is were you a follower of Jesus Christ. 
That's what matters more than anything else. So yeah, you've heard this before. Yeah, this for many of you is probably not new information, but I would challenge us today to renew our commitment to be a stronger Jesus follower than we've ever been in our lives. That if we've never made the decision to follow Jesus, today would be a day that we say, Jesus, even if you don't understand everything, even if you may be skeptical, even if you come from a different place in life and you've been encouraged not to get caught up in Christianity, so many possibilities, that you would make a decision to follow Jesus and say, Jesus, if you'll welcome me, I want to follow you. That if that's you that was hanging on that cross with your arms spread wide and you did it for me, I want to follow you. I want to know more of you and more of your heart. And that if we've made the decision to follow Jesus, that we will continue to live closely and we will continue to learn and we will continue to grow and we will be rooted and established and grounded. We will know the love of Christ and we will truly follow Him as an apprentice, as a fully devoted follower of Jesus, that no matter what the cost, my eyes are fixed on Him. No matter what people say, no matter what the world says. Have you, have you noticed recently it seems like there's a shift in how people view Christians and Christianity? Have you, have you noticed lately that there's beginning to be more and more of a shift? I, I don't want to bring up some of the things that have been in the news, but I think if you think that all the things that are happening in the rest of the world are just happening everywhere else and there'll never be any trouble here. You need to have another thing coming. Jesus said, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Following Jesus is the only thing that matters. I'm going to ask you to stand today if you're in the room. <laughs> I'm going to ask our prayer team members who are here, would you come and prepare yourself, make yourself available today? If you're a prayer team member in the service, just go ahead and make your way to either side of the auditorium and be prepared today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads today. and This is not religious exercise. This is just simply I don't want you to be distracted by anything else. But in this moment, I want you to, to be honest before God, to be honest in your own heart, are you a Jesus follower? Not a Jesus admirer. Not a Jesus fan from a distance. Are you a Jesus follower? To be a follower, you've got to be close enough to see. Close enough to hear. Close enough to know what direction he's going so that you can truly follow in his steps. Are you a follower of Jesus? I would ask first, have you made that, it's that decision in your life? Maybe you've never made that decision. Jesus, I want to be a follower of you. I want to learn from you. I want to grow in you. I want you to transform my life. I want you to continue to, to help me in every way, Lord, and that I may honor you. That maybe today you're recognizing the greatness of God and the, the sinfulness of of human beings. Maybe today you're recognizing our poverty, our spiritual poverty, but the richness of God. 
that sense that you may be feeling something, a tug, sometimes we call it a pull, if you will. That's not just an emotion in this moment. That's not anyone trying to manipulate you to feel a certain way. It may be that in this moment, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to God. That God is drawing you to Himself. That He's trying to help you see Jesus is really the Son of God. He really did live, die, and rise again. And He really did do all of it because He loves you and wants you to be forgiven of your sin and to be in a relationship with Him. Have you made the decision to be a Jesus follower today? If you haven't, there are people who will talk with you about that and will pray with you and point you to Jesus. Maybe today you have made a decision somewhere along the way to follow Jesus, but you recognize you're not living closely. You're really not paying a lot of attention to Jesus. You're caught up with a lot of other things. Life is busy. All sorts of things pulling you in all sorts of different directions, and you recognize you and Jesus to describe it as an intimate relationship might be, a, might be a false statement. Maybe it's, you know, he's there. And maybe you even sense in your heart, yeah, that's what I should be doing, but, but maybe that's not reality today. And I'm thankful that Jesus welcomes you close, welcomes us close. Scripture tells us this promise that if we will draw close to God, he will draw close to us. It's a promise that wherever you're at today, if you make your move towards God, He's always going to be there for you. He's always going to welcome you. He's always going to work in your life if you'll just welcome Him in. Are you living closely with Jesus? Are you learning from Him? Are you truly following Jesus? I don't want church or Jesus or Christianity or the Bible to just be good ideas you think help someone live a moral life. I want it to be that you recognize without Jesus you are nothing. I am nothing. Without Jesus we don't have life. We don't have life to the full. We don't have life more abundantly and we certainly don't have the promise of eternal life. In Jesus, only in Jesus, is life. Life. What is your next step today to following Jesus more intentionally? Maybe you recognize today that you need some, some new habits, some new forming of, of a way of truly walking in relationship with Jesus. I want to challenge you today to take that next step towards the Lord, whether it's to make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time, whether it's to truly follow Jesus and draw closer to Him today and be attentive to His Word and His ways. Maybe it's simply that the Lord's laying something on your heart, a, a spiritual discipline, a practice, a, a way of serving Him in a way that may feel sacrificial, but God's calling you to that. Whatever the case, take that step towards God. In a few moments, I'll make my way to the hub out in the lobby, and I'd love to meet you, especially if you're our guest today. I'd love to talk with you if you have questions. There are people in this room who will talk with you and pray with you about following Jesus, no matter where you're at on the journey. Holy Spirit, it is my prayer today that each and every person in this room, each and every person online, each and every person, oh God, in general, would be a Jesus follower, Lord. That they would know just how wonderful it is to walk in relationship with you. To live a life that is built on daily relationship with you, O oh God. 
God, I pray that you would work in the hearts today that need to be drawn to you, that, that, Lord, we would take in our own will, Lord, we would take intentional steps towards you today to believe you, to fulfill the promises that you've given us, that you will respond and you will work and you will conform and transform us, Lord, to you. Oh, God, we, we need you. We want you. Would you have your way in our lives today? I'm going to challenge you to take some time today to respond in the way that you need to. I'm going to pray for you. And officially you'll be dismissed, but you don't have to rush from this moment. There are people who will pray with you. You can pray at your seat. You can find all the answers for anything upcoming you need at the hub today. But don't run from this moment. Seek Jesus. Father, I pray that you bless and keep this people. And you make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. May your countenance and your favor ever be turned in their direction and grant them your peace. I pray the greatest peace today is in their hearts knowing they're right with you. That the greatest peace is in knowing that eternal life is promised in you. I pray, O Lord, we will step towards you today in every way. In Jesus' name.